Hello and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is our last podcast to talk about season three of Mr. Robot, and we are here talking about shutdown. Hey, Akira. Hey, how are you? I am wonderful. And hello, Miss Southern Cynic. Good evening. Girl, come Girl. on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm now you cannot be all stuff like anymore. Okay. I know she has had a you have had some kind of a week between oh my god i've been just oh it's been a it's been a couple of days mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah you can you tell our listeners a little bit i don't want to spill your tea oh i'll spill i'll spill the wine because that's what happened because <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i had plans to see my movie Friday night, 10.45, and very excited all day long, and I had to go to the company Christmas party first, and, um, you know, wine happened, and <laughs> I left <laughs> early with all intention of um, coming home and changing clothes and going straight to the movie, and, and I laid down for just a hot minute to check Twitter, and I opened my eyes again, and I was still in my dress and my shoes on my bed, and it was 2 a.m., and I completely missed the movie. How mad were you? I couldn't even be mad at myself. I really couldn't. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> and, you know, and if you had gone to the movie and you had fallen asleep in the movie, I would have been very upset then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I had to scramble and get another ticket for Saturday, the last seat in the matinee show. I finally saw it. <sighs> and I've just been in another world ever since. But. Yeah, but we are going to podcast about The Last Jedi in case <coughs> listeners didn't know that that's what we're talking about. So we will be um, podcasting about The Last Jedi and maybe Akira, you will have watched it by then and you can participate. If not, yeah. we know lots of Star Wars junkies. Yes. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Just let me know um, the day, the time, and then I'll, yeah, based on my schedule, let you know um, if it is because, yeah, this week. I'm just basically trying to get to Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. I, I understand. I understand. So this is it. This is like the, the week before Christmas, my word. We're here to talk about Mr. Robot shutdown. My goodness. Southern Senate, what was your big takeaway? What did this episode leave you feeling? I have a newfound appreciation for working out with Axis. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very upset that our Twitter boo um, took his exit yeah. from the series. You know, I'm I'm still sad about that, but it was it was a good episode. It was a good episode. And what were your thoughts, Akira? Your overall thoughts? Uh, once again, Sam and his team. Everybody wants they just delivered, just delivered to uh, still the usual where we get um, some payoff. But then there are still more questions at this point. Like some people might be upset that we get answers, but we still have more questions. And I'm like, but that's just part of its charm where they give us um, some form of payoff, but they're still intriguing us, uh, intriguing us enough to, you know, keep us wanting more. I mean, it definitely works for me. So, yeah, it works for me too. And we got the announcement that they've been renewed for season four. Yes. So we don't have to stress out about that as viewers. So we know they're coming back for season four. Mm-hmm. I know that they're not going to go back to um, being a summer show, that it's going to be a fall show again. I know Rami's still busy 
with his big queen movie, things like that. So I'm sure they'll be recording in the summer and then we will get another fall premiere. So we'll have a long time to wait, but we'll be busy. It'll be worth it. It'll be, it'll be more than worth it. Yeah. It will. Let's get into this episode. Let's start with Angela. Akira, you had DM'd me, was it last week? Maybe last week saying that there was a rumor that Price could possibly be Angela's father. Yes. Um, going down that rabbit hole that you guys love to refer to as Reddit. Oh, that whole thing about me being on Reddit for an hour, giving me a, an hour time frame, completely throwing that out the window. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So was browsing around on Reddit, and that's where I started to see a lot of people posting about that. Yeah, so I was like, okay, um, reading, through a, reading through a couple of threads about that, and I was just, well, it kind of could make sense if you know a lot like season three like some people have been saying that season three kind of takes us all full circle back to where it all began since there Mm -hmm. were a lot of instances where season three mirrored season one so I figured if that's the case then okay so yeah Um, and and actually it kind of also brought me back to um, Sam saying on more than one occasion about how there was something hinted at in season one that nobody had guessed so um I'm kind of one, I think that that, may, that reveal right there may have been what he was referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now Southern Cynic, as you look back through season three, season two, season one, thinking about the interactions between Price and Angela, does it make sense that he was thinking of her as a daughter this whole time? Yes, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just having a hard time erasing all the creepiness all that you know the whole interactions between them for the last three seasons just Mm -hmm. getting rid of it because price just skis me so bad but I, i i guess yeah if you look at it from a different point of view yes he was looking after his daughter that um we didn't know at the time but ugh. but also i think i remember reading somewhere that there may have been that they could have gone that way with in that direction with Angela and Price but I mean yeah but I'm actually glad that they decided not to because it just really seems that it wouldn't have really been I don't know the payoff I the payoff I guess would not have worked or I don't I don't know I mean I don't I'm not really one to sit back and tell anybody what to do with their with their project their show or anything like that mm-hmm. but I think it definitely made it a lot more interesting that um, that it is now a do- that it is now confirmed a daughter father daughter relationship. I I agree with that, and you know, Southern Cynic, you were saying it is hard to go back and kind of reconcile yourself to some of the skeevy ways that Price was with her, but he didn't. Um, Michael Christopher didn't know that she was his daughter until the middle of season two when they when she went to that dinner with him that's when he was told that it was his daughter so I'm sure maybe that changed how he was how his character how he was having his character act towards her do you think now that Angela Angela said she wanted vengeance for what White Rose did to her and I think basically she revealed to us that within those 28 minutes, White Rose promised that she would see her mother again. Pretty much what we suspected, but Price was able to tell her that 
in his opinion, that this is never going to happen, that she was completely used and manipulated because White Rose was being petty and that Angela just has to live with the fact that you've done this thing and that you were used. Do we think Angela is going to be able to live with this, Akira? Um, I think that the only way that she will be able to live with it is if she does try to seek, try to obtain some form of justice and retribution because, um, I mean, going off of what we've seen of her, given what's happened with her mom and the aftermath of that, um, and the speech that she was giving to, um, Robot in, in the first episode of season three saying that she's always wanted justice for that. Mm -hmm. And it was just that question of how can you you bring justice to a conglomerate as big as Evil Corp. So I think that she's finding herself in the same situation now, this time trying to go up against a force like White Rose. So how can she bring, how can she bring retribution and vengeance to someone like White Rose and also possibly the Dark Army by extension as well? Mm -hmm. um, but knowing Angela, I think that that's going to be her main way to cope with that. Um, you know, to kind of try to right the wrong that she has done. Um, yeah, because I just don't see Angela as the type of person to just sit back and just like, you know. Yeah, now she has her daddy's resources to make it happen, huh? Right. I thought about that too. Like, are they going to have a shift in their relationship now that he's revealed this? Because he said that he never planned to tell her and he's only telling her because of what White Rose has done to her. Southern Cynic, do you think White Rose knows that Angela is his daughter? I think she does. She seems to have her hands in everything. Um, I, that's why I still feel like she knew way back in the beginning when they set up the meeting with Allsafe. Mm -hmm. Like the, all of this seems very planned and calculated. So I can't imagine her not knowing. Um, or and, I, and I was wondering, is, is White Rose the anonymous benefactor to Angela's mom, or was it Price now? Mm -hmm. Well, we now know that it was Price, but actually, but now that you mentioned, um, again, with the question of when, you know, when did White Rose know, I think it, if she didn't know from the beginning, she eventually did learn it, because, um, again, going back to the, um, the time that uh, Angela and White Rose first meet, she mentions to Angela that I just had to, you know, meet you to find out why you, are, of all people, are so important into price mm -hmm. so i think that somewhere around that point maybe in the timeline she did find out and then i think even afterwards going into season three where we've had um those confrontations between earlier confrontations between price and white rose and white rose mentions to um to price oh your pet project and then talking about how um she fascinated about or fantasized about putting a bullet in each of her eyes but they're just so hypnotizing so you can see that you know that white you know that white rose enjoyed getting that rise out of price mm -hmm. because of that so and i think that it made it all the more enjoyable in getting a rise knowing you know if white rose knew that um she was his daughter i i agree with that i was thinking about um that question that she had for angela too when they met about why price was so interested in her i have another thing that kind of interested me about price was anyone surprised that this houseboy he has is so positive and perky? Mm -hmm. What do we think about this? Do you think maybe he's a boy toy? 
I think he's just well paid to ignore all the weirdness around him and just be a happy smiling face. A nice well, little just, pancakes. I'm just surprised that Price would want to be around someone that positive. Well, maybe he needs it given all the stuff that goes on around him. Maybe. Maybe. Because he seems like Angela said he doesn't seem to care about anyone but himself. Like we've never really seen him in any type of a interaction that was for pleasure or fun or, or anything like that. Every interaction has been calculated with him. So it's just right. interesting to see who he chooses to have in his home. Right. And then also just just given that I think it's more so of a, that, you know, that him never really caring about anybody but himself is more of a mask for him because even when he was telling um, Angela about how, you know, he toyed with her emotions, kept her at bay, I guess he kind of got somewhat of a rise out of that, if I'm remembering it correctly. But again, just thinking that it's more of a mask that he wears and then him even mentioning to Angela, like, you weren't doing, you weren't answering your phone, you weren't doing all this. And once I finally seen the full extent of what your interactions with White Rose has done to you, I had no choice but to intervene. So if mm-hmm. he didn't care, then he wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think he cares for her. And I think he's shown White Rose his weakness so net that now she can exploit that with him, which she's so good at. And the fact that he kind of went and rescued Angela in this way is showing even more the links that he will go through to protect her. So I think we might be seeing more of that next season now that he's revealed that he's her father. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the, the vein of the Empire Strikes Back. I think um, several people put that gif up. Mm-hmm. Again, just like <laughs> they did in season one. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The other thing that we get to see is the fallout. Um, Elliot is worried about Angela. He's trying to figure out what happened with her. And he decides to go on the Ferris wheel and reach out to Mr. Robot. Southern Cynic, did you think it was, I was kind of surprised at how easily he was able to talk to Mr. Robot. I kind of um, thought that this season that he wasn't able to do it more than he just was afraid to do it, like he he said in that interaction. What did you think about the Ferris wheel conversation? I, I felt like over the course of the whole season, we were seeing Elliot learn how to call on Mr. Robot when he needed him. It just mm-hmm. seemed like every episode, it was a, a shorter amount of time between... Elliot becoming Mr. Robot and them interacting with each other. You know, first it was, you know, through the, uh, through the keyboard and then it was through the mirrors. It was like they were coming together by the way they were communicating. And it just seems like he's, he can call them up by will now because even in the subway, you know, he was there. It was a meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, there was no uh, crisis going on per se, you know, to, to bring him about. So I feel like we were watching Elliot train his brain to bring this mm-hmm. robot to the front where he needed him. I like my favorite part of that is when Elliot realizes that not only is Mr. Robot a part of him, but there's a part of him and Mr. Robot. Um, when Robot says that, you know, 
he didn't know about the, the cyber bombing for the 71 buildings, but if he had, he would have found another way. So that's kind of showing me that Mr. Robot has more humanity than I had given him credit for. See, uh, but also, you also going back to, it kind of goes also back to season one when um, Robot is telling Elliot um, about that, that one particular building, oh, we're going to blow it up. And then Elliot just basically fights against that and tells him that, you know, no, we have to find another way. I'm not doing this, you know, and if this is what you're going to do, then leave me out of it. And then eventually, as season one progressed, they eventually, Elliot develops the, uh, the idea to use a Raspberry Pi to just um, um, up the temperature in the room, and that will just completely erase um, those records right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we saw White Rose eventually going along with that. So I think that even then, there was um, hints that there's just as much as robot is a part of Elliot, the same could be said about Elliot being part of robot. So do you think now there's a, a true balance between the two? I think I think they're definitely working on that balance now. I wouldn't say they're there yet, um, mm-hmm. especially given um, robot saying in the end, you know, once you go through the process of undoing the hack, I'd like us to keep talking. Um, yeah. So I think so I think that he kind of so robot is kind of at that point where you know, they're both on the same page that I, you know, um, that they both missed each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and they both, um, well, and they realize that they both need each other, which, you know, we've, we've all had, we've all had our moments looking at this show and telling Elliot, Elliot, you need, you know, you may not realize it, but you need robot. So I think that they're starting to lay the groundwork in terms of there being a balance and Mm -hmm. I guess we can say um, integration now since most of the season has been about disintegration. Yeah, and it feels like that they are not lying to one another Mm -hmm. with Mr. Robot explaining about um, the key logging and and really explaining to Elliot that he did that knowing that this might happen. And also just thinking that with this suppose maybe this balance with Mr. Robot saying, I want you to keep talking to me, maybe this will mean Elliot will get more of his memories back. Um, maybe Mr. Robot can start to reveal some more things to Elliot that he's misremembered or chosen not to remember. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, were you surprised, Southern Cynic, when um, Darlene revealed the true nature of Kevin McAllister and what happened that day? I wasn't surprised. I was just more like, oh, finally we get the truth, you mm-hmm. know, because they've been alluding to it all season that it didn't go down like we thought it did. Does <clears throat> it make you think of Elliot's childhood any differently? Well, I want to know what was going on before the incident, you know, what was, go- I, mean, I know they were in an abusive home, but what was going on in Elliot's mind that he just rages out like this and decides to jump out of a window, you know, mm-hmm. um, I know with all his problems with, you know, hiding his dad's secret and stuff, but it seems like there's more going on there than um, what's on the surface. Yeah. What do you think about that um, thought, Akira? I'm definitely with Southern Cynic and wanting to know what happened leading up to that particular moment. And then and then, yeah, you know, with Elliot and Darlene coming from an abusive home, we've seen hints at abuse more so from their mom um, rather than um, rather than than Edward. But again, I am interested in seeing what 
um, happened before, what happened beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, with um, Elliot having to keep that promise of uh, his father's illness from his family, I mean, that had to have been a huge burden on a child. Um, and just seeing what that did to him and how much of a factor did that play into, you know, his psyche and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, how much of a stressor was that for him? But mm -hmm. even when Darlene was telling the story and she, you know, said, you told me to get in the closet and then you just freaked out. And I'm wondering, was that the first time he had quote unquote freaked out? Definitely. He that's the first time he maybe was that violent with the baseball bat and threatening to jump out the window and then doing so. But I wonder if that's the first time he did something like that. But also when I, when Darlene confirmed that indeed Elliot had jumped out of the window, that made me think of season one when he's on the pier telling Mr. Robot about his dad pushing him out the window. And then we immediately see Mr. Robot pushed him off, appear to push him off the pier. But then in hindsight, we realized that no, he actually jumped off of that pier because Mr. Robot isn't real. And so that probably should have been our clue as viewers that maybe that's what happened when he was a child as well. That he had a, a delusion then, you know? Like I, I was wondering, like, was there somebody there before Mr. Robot? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who that was. And um also just to note, we seem like it we saw or heard a lot about Elliot's mom in the last season, but we didn't hear anything about her this season. And um, right. like what happened to mom? She's just hanging out in, you know, shady pines. Mm-hmm. Like has anybody checked on her? <laughs> what the <laughs> I'm still wondering how did she get there, you know, mm -hmm. but that's just a little, a little sad. So. Yeah, like we had questions about is because she, she never talked to him when he went there. Is she in a vegetative state? Is she mentally ill? Is she just physically ill? That was, yeah, they have never addressed that at all, which is not unsurprising. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that is a good question. Like, what is going on with, with the mom in that situation? And now I want to go back and watch that scene with the flashback of the hospital room again and, mm -hmm. think, and think about what Edward and his mother were saying to each other and think about now that you're framing it under he jumped out the window, would we be taking what they said differently now? So I kind of want to see that scene again. But speaking of Darlene, let's talk about Santiago and Dom. <sighs> just say it, Southern Senate. Well, I'm, I was just having a flashback of when she got punched in the face and I was sitting there remembering it. Um, <clears throat> that I screamed a little bit like, wow, they, they did that. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, I don't know about Dom. It's like... I just don't understand why it took her so long to put all the pieces together. And I don't know. I, my feelings about Dom, the last three episodes have gotten so conflicted. I still love her though. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. like she isn't trusting her instincts because I felt like obviously she didn't trust Santiago because she went to the holding room and she went down to that parking garage. And I felt like he was 
easily able to kind of egg her on to not trust her instincts and that's how she ended up getting sucker punched but it does feel like dom maybe she just doesn't want to believe that someone in their position wouldn't be loyal because she is such a loyal person that's like the only thing i could think about what did you think about dom akira well like said in cynic it was just like you screaming at the tv like dom come on you know like he's how like it had been shady during season two with that shootout in china mm-hmm. and she had her reservations about that even then so yeah i mean definitely seeing her question her instincts but i guess also that i guess given because we had just seen her come out of the situation with darlene where you know she and darlene had developed this relationship with each other of trust and Darlene just completely used that to her advantage in that situation. Um, So I think she's kind of off kilter. So I think that situation had her a bit off kilter Mm -hmm. um, a bit, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but again, it wasn't, it was pretty obvious. Like he really was not that great in hiding that he was, that there was some shady shit going on behind him. No, he was off the rails. He's been off the rails. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand why she would go and try to confront him by herself knowing, you know, that she had all these suspicions. Like you have all these people with you who are basically, they have your back. So why don't you go tell your partner or somebody else? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, but also, bug, so I'm gonna need you to come down to this parking garage with me real quick. And we're going to have a little conversation. But, right. Well, we've always <laughs> seen also situations of Dom basically going, going and doing stuff, you know, like on her own without really any backup. Yeah, or like back up or just basically kind of going against what common sense would tell her to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, um, I guess if we want to say common sense, even with her and her partner at the time, oh, I want to go get lunch. Do you want to go get lunch? Like, okay, yeah, that's your instinct. But again, this is a situation where it's like, okay, if something is really shady about the fact that Santiago sent you to this other agent to process an arrest and this agent is telling you, no, I'm about to get on a plane and go somewhere. I don't know what you're don't know what your superior is telling you. It was it had a it had us feeling some type of way. Like, really? And the at the very end, Dom has this confrontation with Darlene. And she basically told Darlene that you ruined my life. This is all your fault. I've lost everything because of you. And the thing that struck me was that Dom was basically feeling about Darlene the same way Darlene felt about Sharon Knowles. Um, in that moment, because those are some of the same things that she said to Sharon Knowles before she killed her. And I wonder what that was like for, for Darlene to hear that she's ruined someone's life. Like Darlene said, don't ever think you're anything than like the worst human being ever. And I just, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm done. Uh, Well, with that, I think that, I think that Darlene given the aftermath of 5-9, I think that she is well aware of the fact that she has destroyed so many people's lives. It's another situation for Darlene to actually be confronted with it head on that you have in fact ruined my life. So that's just kind of, yeah, I had some more to say about that, but I just lost it. But yeah, I think that, yeah, but yeah, I think that it's one thing to be aware of 
the damage that you've caused to people, but mm -hmm. it's a whole another situation to have one of those people in your face, in your face, telling you, tell, you know, making you face it head on that, yes, this is what, you know, this is what's happened because of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, she kind of on the subway with the girl who pickpocketed her, she kind of mm -hmm. said, you know, this is all my fault, but that girl didn't know what Darlene had done at that time. So even right. with Darlene feeling guilty about that, she still had the cushion of, you really don't know what I've done. But in this case, Dom definitely knows everything she's done. And now she's on the hook to the Dark Army. Otherwise, her, her whole family is going to be killed. Southern Cynic, let's talk about the Axeman cometh. Mm. You like that scene a little bit too much, my friend. Listen, I know I have a problem um, with villains. I just... <sighs> well, especially villains that chop wood. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm all about Irvin's workout plan. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that scene was terrifying. You know, I was, I was scared, but I was turned on a little bit. But ultimately, I was scared. <laughs> What part was the turn on exactly? The grunting the and arms, like the, the, pack. the arms, yes. And, and he, the noises he was making on the swings and, and pulling the axe. I was like, oh my God. But then he would swing it and I would hear the bones crunching and I would be like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah just how hard were you listening? <laughs> I was listening hard and watching hard. I was sweating. Was she probably hard. had on headphones and had the volumes turned up and all that stuff. You know how she do. I was leaning. <laughs> she was saying lower, lower. <laughs> she has no shame. Uh, wholesome and shameless. We love it. So, Southern Cynic, did you think that Dom was in danger? Because I'm going to say I, I didn't think Dom was going to get killed. I always thought from the moment Santiago started kind of begging for Dom's life. Like he seemed so confused. On one hand, he wanted the Dark Army to save him, but he brought Dom, but he didn't want Dom to get hurt. To me, it was, I think I, I tweeted, you gonna die, sir, as soon as he started talking. So I never really thought Dom was in real danger. Did either of you think she was in danger? No, he was nah case for why it was all messed up you know it was just a whole bunch of excuses I don't think Urban was trying to hear that mm -hmm. right you got to trim the fat chop it off literally so yeah. yeah and then just also like um just the again like Santiago just basically pleading and saying oh she could have been this she could have been that and then like oh or you or just even the talk about how you can flip her and mm -hmm. I think that I mean I think Again, it's just a question of when exactly did Irving plan that he was going to do it. I mean, in terms of flipping, in terms of initiating Dom. But again, just knowing right then and there, like, oh, she's not going to flip just like that. Like, she's going to, yeah, it's going to take something. She needed to some make persuasion. her do it. Some, just and a bit of persuasion. that was something. Well, how did he, how did he know? I mean, he had the information about her family on his hand. Mm -hmm. When did he get it like how did he know she was coming didn't santiago alert them that you know mm -hmm. 
he was on his way. So but, I, you know, Irvin, he's going to look all that information up. So I'd imagine since Santiago had told him that um, I have Darlene and Dom here and I'm coming to you. You need to clean this up. You need to fix it. So I think it maybe went back to the ninth episode when Santiago called Irvin and basically was saying, um, you know, I, I think I might be burnt. Because mm-hmm. in that room before, well, in the room before he went to make the phone call was Santiago, Dom, and Darlene. So I think that could have been the moment where Irving started to get all the information on Dom. Or, but then again, Irving could have had this information about her well before that phone call came in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, because in season two, um, Dom and White Rose met. That's right. I was just two. thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, he could have been sitting on this information for a minute, but again, it's just like, all right, when is the right time to, you know, take care of it? My right. question is, why was Irving at Santiago's? Like, was he there expecting Elliot to be there, or was that just a coincidence? Do you guys think? Well, because, we know that they were looking for Elliot, so yeah. I think so. I think if anything, yeah, I, I don't think, know what clue they would have that he would be at Santiago's because at that time they had no idea that anyone. I guess maybe because Irving said he was burnt, but how would he know that? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm confused about that little bit. And maybe he just knows how good Elliot is. It's like, oh, Elliot is eventually going to find out that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm thinking about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But again, it wouldn't surprise me, given that Irving is a fixer of sorts. And, you know, it's like, okay, this is like the ultimate fix right here mm-hmm. um, of handling Santiago. So it wouldn't surprise me if Irving was tailing uh, tailing him in some way but then again we know that when Irving does show up that somebody fucked up so yeah 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 so I guess guess yeah I mean we know that Santiago has fucked up on plenty of times so yeah. yeah well he won't be doing that anymore no no Speaking of Irving, um, that's going to lead us into the introduction of Grant. And honey, did they give him an introduction or what with that music, the car, the sunglasses, the suit? He came in looking like a girl. He had the swag going on. Mm -hmm. But little did he know he was about to get his bubble burst. Um, definitely but we can't say he didn't come dressed to kill (laughs) but love you grant (laughs) we love you grant chang but when we were talking to grant um we had said from the moment white rose gave him kind of carte blanche to do what he thought needed to be done this was now a test for him to see was he going to put White Rose's projects and White Rose's goals ahead of his own personal feelings? And he chose to ignore everything that Elliot was telling him, despite the fact that Irving had just broken it down to him that you're not so special, I used to be you. I have to say, as a viewer, I was shocked when Irving um, put his finger in Grant's mouth and said, did she make you taste her yet? I was like, 
I don't feel like I should be a part of this conversation at this point. <laughs> no, I wanted all the details. <laughs> <laughs> And that definitely oh. ra- like just ugh, it's like whoa, whoa. Mm. shakes you to your co- shook to the core he was shaken to his core because you can see it on his face he had no idea and it makes you wonder how long has Irving been in White Rose's servitude because he said it was years ago mm-hmm. and then I- said at this point I've done my time and I think she'll be good with me I want that whole backstory. I, know I tell you, I want I want the whole story about the beginning of the Dark Army. I want Grant back, BD. Um, I want Irving. I want them all. I, I want a whole story about that. You want the spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. You want the spinoff series. I, yeah. I'm not mad at it. I, no, I'm not. Because it feels like, like I said before, White Rose has been working on this project. So um, Price said that he worked with Emily at ECOR, Angela has, and that was 32 years ago, he said, correct? I believe so. So how the hell old is White Rose? A lady never reveals her age. But come no, on. She does not. <laughs> how, she, I mean, how, I don't, mm. she has found the fountain of youth then. Because how could she be working on this project all this time? Tell me off. I know. Questions would be answered. I need a I need a definite spinoff. But we do see that when there's the confrontation between Grant and Elliot, Elliot has revealed that he's owned the Dark Army. Um, Grant doesn't care, but White Rose is listening and watching from the bathtub, even. She's so like goals I mean those goals and he reveals that he can also move her project to the Congo and I think that was the thing that tipped the scales in his favor above Grant was when he said that were you expecting Leon to kill all them people Akira I kind of expected Leon to show us why he's such a badass and he (laughs) he delivered so um yeah, the signs were there. I was like, uh, okay, he's getting this text. He's get, his phone is buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as as soon as Elliot mentioned that whole thing about I know how to move your project, phone buzz, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, Grant looks over at Leon, and Leon gets up and moves over to um to Darlene. I guess again, um, appearances, aesthetics, but um, yeah, I mean. It, yeah, it just wouldn't be a scene without with Leon without some badass some badassery. That is true. So does Leon have to clean up all these bodies himself now? <laughs> That's all I'm. I'm like because when Grant first got there, um, Irving said you might want to have your guys go clean up the body by the wood pile, but then Leon ended up killing those guys. So I'm like. I hope he calls in reinforcements because what is that like? Four, bo- five bodies he has to take care of. Just send Irvin out there with the axe. Girl, oh. Irvin went to Barbados. Irvin is on his way to Sandals and Barbados. <laughs> He's trying to finish his book. He had a flight to catch. He's trying to finish his novel. He ain't digging. I hope holes. he finishes it because they just kept interrupting him. I felt so bad. He probably had so many ideas. 
For real, all Irving wants is that chocolate milkshake and to finish his book. That's all he wants. Mm -hmm. He just wants a good ending. He just wants a good ending. Mm -hmm. Does that mean we don't get Irving for season four? I hope we do. Oh, I'd be so disappointed if he's not coming back. He was a wonderful addition. He was a wonderful addition. But um, let's finish up with uh, Elliot undoing the hack. So we see Elliot and um, Dom in her car and she's given him access to Sentinel. I was a little bit confused by this because now she's on hook to the Dark Army. Mm -hmm. Was her helping Elliot with this going, wasn't that going against them though? I don't think so because um, Grant, as Grant mentioned to Elliot, that um, Five Nine had already served his pur served its purpose. So they said, "We don't care if you undo it because it's mm -hmm. already worked. It's already done. It's already done for us what we needed it to do." Um, so yeah, I don't think that it's going to care, and it's more so just for El as Elliot told Robot, it's more so undoing undoing it is more so for him because he mm -hmm. can't live with what he has done yeah it's more so just for just for him since you mentioned it, dom and you know her going into the sentinel and everything now that she is dark army imagining that she, you know dom being dom i just can't i just imagine that she may still try to find some type of way to go against the dark army and bring them down oh absolutely now. yeah absolutely because i think one of the predictions i had was a dom elliot team up Mm -hmm. And we're kind of seeing the beginnings of this, not necessarily because there's any loyalty to them, but it's like the kind of the common enemy sort of thing. And now we will, if Angela shows her hands, mm -hmm. might have Angela as part of this and, well. and possibly Price as well. Yeah. And, and Terrell. And Terrell, because Terrell right. and Elliot as Mr. Robot made up with him as well. We can, yeah, that, that plan to take down the top 1% of the 1%. And then also, uh, Santiago even mentioned on the car ride over to, um, to the cat, to the barn, saying that the only reason that Darlene is still alive is because he didn't reveal to the Dark Army that she was a, uh, what's that code again? Did he say or whatever? CHS or something yes. like that. Yeah, what, yeah, so he said that that was the only reason why she was still alive. So knowing, I guess, knowing that Santiago kind of kept that little bit of information, like hmm okay so if they did know mm -hmm. would, she, would she be dead maybe but um but yeah but I just can't help but think but also seeing Dom's reaction when Elliot talked you know started listing all of the things that he knew that the Dark Army had been a part of ever since he took ownership of them mm -hmm. saying oh I know that you know the Russian government asked you to um hack the DNC hmm <laughs> and um, and then also the thing about South Africa, um, something about South, South Africa. So yeah, Dom was real interested about all that. Like, oh, do tell, keep going. Yeah, but I, uh, it's going to be difficult. They're going to have a difficult time of it because like they saw White Rose and the Dark Army have their fingers all over the world. Like the entire map of the world was basically read when Elliot was seeing all of the um, the computers, the systems they were in control over, so. Yeah. But Elliot did also say, you know, when Grant said, why are you better than a whole army of hackers? And he said, because I am. So I'm like, yes, baby. I'm like, that confidence. Mm. 
you have never been sexier. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, yes. <laughs> oh, honey. So we see Elliot does undo 5-9, or we think he does. He was going to send an email. Did we actually see him hit send? He did. Okay, he did hit send. But and so... Then, mm -hmm. But then I I was um, reading the article with Corey. So he mentioned something about how he still had his finger on some, may have had his finger also on the control button while sending send. So I'm like, okay, but he did send it right. Um, but yeah, so yeah. There, and then there's also on Reddit a lot of talk going on about, well, even if he does undo the hack, you know, that's still gonna, you know, people's lives are still gonna be fucked up. And they brought, someone um, was talking on the thread, was talking about, um, Ahmed, uh, the bodega owner, but mm -hmm. yeah, all that said that, yes, you know, we do start to see, yeah, he does hit sin. We see that. Yeah. But, but like you said, even with white roses whole plan that he, she told Angela to get her hook that we can go back. You can get your mother back. This whole trying to undo five, nine is showing Elliot and showing us that you really can't go back. Even if you reverse that action, all of those reactions to it still happen. Right. The, the 71 buildings were still bombed. They were still putting people in detention as Darlene was walking home with this new person she just met. So even if they do undo the hack and people get, they get their records back, how much is it really going to change? I don't know. What did you think about Darlene's conversation with this, I'm so, this, um, this young lady, this woman who has $80,000 in student loans? What did mm -hmm. you think about that? <laughs> um, I think that was, as someone mentioned on Reddit, I believe that is uh, the lady that mentioned to Elliot, um, scan my code and I'll suck your... Mm -hmm. So yeah, so now I'm gonna have to go back and be like, oh wait, it, okay, just to see for sure. But yeah, uh, that was an interesting conversation that they did have and everything. And um, she, uh, she basically saying, you know, it's gonna take an act of God in order to make things right. And like you said, again, like we were saying just now, again, even if he does reverse it, it's not, you know, situations are still gonna be fucked up to people like this, like this woman is still gonna, you know, if it does all come back, she's gonna have to deal with an $80,000 loan to take care of. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, what was her degree in? <laughs> Girl, certain schools are not, certain schools, the price, of, the price to go to certain schools. That's true, private schools in particular. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Southern Cynic, how long did it take for you to figure out that that was um, Vera come back? Exactly up to the point where I saw the back of his head walking up to Darlene because I was I, I was looking at the car and I was thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a, a dark army drive by and everybody's going to be dead in front of Elliot's apartment and because I, I was fully expecting Darlene to die this mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. and when it didn't happen I, and this they started walking down the street, I was kind of worried, but um yeah, I should have caught it when the girl was like, those essays are back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So <laughs> it, it took a while. But God, why is he back? Ugh. I don't know. And what, what's, I his, what's his name? The um, the weary traveler or, or brave, traveler. brave traveler. Brave traveler. Oh, God. Go travel back to where you came from, please. So Akira, remind us what happened to him 
in season one because I know Elliot got his cousin to turn on him after the whole thing with Shayla and trying to get him out of um, prison and all of that. Yeah, well, that was um, his brother. But um, yeah, so what happened was um, with Vera, um, Vera was um, uh, the guy that Shayla got all the drugs from. Um, and, and Elliot set up. And Elliot set up. Basically, what, you know, that whole setup was that Vera um, raped Shayla and Shayla was telling him, you know, don't do anything, you know, just let it go. But of course, we know Elliot, he cannot, you know, he cannot just sit back and let bad things happen to people especially Mm -hmm. that he cares about and at that point like Shayla really started to become his one genuine connection that we at least as an audience have seen develop like you know with yeah you could say the same thing with Angela but we didn't really see that develop that's already been established Mm -hmm. you know by the time we got there so then yeah so Vera gets Elliot turns uh evidence over and um, Vera gets arrested Vera finds out that it was Elliot who was behind it, and Elliot and he um, kidnaps Shayla and forces Elliot to bust him out of jail. And in the process, Elliot finds out that his brother had been um, doing some shady stuff on the side. So he gets Vera out. Vera has his brother killed, and basically just goes off into whenever, not mm-hmm. a sunset. And we unfortunately learn what happened with Shayla. Yes. Yeah. So to see him come back, it's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah. I don't know what kind of havoc he's going to just bring down on Elliot. Everything's already crazy. I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. where that, where, where is that going to go? Where is he going to fit in now? Yeah. Cause I think I was reading something. Somebody was, was hypothesizing that he might've, that he might now be part of the dark army, but then somebody else says he's too stupid to be in the dark army. Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, everybody has their own purpose. I Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I was not happy to see him because I, I didn't like his character in season one. Um, But like you said to us, Akira, on the last podcast, we have to wait and see and see what's revealed with characters. But I feel like he's going to be a distraction to Elliot for sure. Um, but like, I don't know why he's showing up at Elliot's apartment. Would like to say I have some answers for you, but I don't. So, um, but I do know that um, from reading um, a couple of interviews with Sam that Vera is going to play. He's going to play a part. He's going to play it apart. If he says so. Yeah. Sam will will pull, Sam and his team, they're going to, they're going to pull it through. Oh, of course. Yeah. No doubt. And and we will be mesmerized and we will be aghast and we will be wrecked every right. week for season four for real like i seriously sometimes i'm at the point where i'm just like i don't even want to try to hypothesize what will what will eventually happen because i'm like whatever i might be able to come up with sam and his team just completely they're gonna blow it out, out the water you. they're gonna blow out it out the water every time so you're just like i'm gonna just let y'all do what y'all do yeah y'all we're, this. we're not on that level hmm and I would tell people, like, the sooner y'all accept that, the better. <laughs> you know? Truly, truly. That's why I don't go on Reddit. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to tease you. Well, I haven't posted yet. I only read. Well, I know. You're going to post, though. That's, you have something to post. That's half of the problem. You, you, yeah. you go there and you read, and, and next thing you know, it's 
four hours later. Yeah, August. but you're yeah. gonna you're posting something this week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she it's, has I'm a nervous. she has a good theory, listeners, and she's gonna post it on Reddit. I'm nervous though. Just do it. Hey, I listen, know. don't make Southern Cynic do something to you because when I was nervous, she just acted on her own. So please just go ahead. <laughs> just push enter. That's why you're telling me. Just push the damn send button. Just push the damn send button and don't have your finger on control as well. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but obviously it means something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of control. We are going to do our weekly segment entitled Wholesome and Shameless. And listeners, if you haven't already seen, we got the opportunity to talk to the object of our affection, Mr. Grant Chain, um, just a few days ago, and that interview is up. But one of us didn't participate or fully participate. So Southern Senate girl, what happened to you? <sighs> I'm sorry. He makes me sweat. I'm just all (laughs) beside myself and I can't concentrate. So I I really felt like I needed to sit back and let you ladies handle it because I didn't know what was going to fly out of my mouth if I had to sit there and try to talk to him. And I think you you did a good job without me. Which is why she was just sending stuff in the chats. Yes. So when we so when we record on the platform we use, you can send chat messages. Uh, tell them the tell them what you were chatting to me, what you were sending me. Southern I Senate. always sent you one little thing, which said <laughs> one little thing. Look at his lips! Oh my god! Yes, yes. So um, for people, um, our patrons got to see the actual video of the interview. So like uncut and got to see Grant and he looked divine, delicious. Mm. He said he looked like a nerd. I thought he looked like a sexy nerd with his glasses and his big hair. Akira, what were your thoughts when you were just watching him? Lord, here you go again with a damn Leon's knife at your throat again situation. Okay, <laughs> just reveal it. Um, <sighs> It just was, let your thirst out, honey. Just let it out. Just, just, oh, just deal in being parched. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it was nice having, just, yeah, just nice having the visual image of Grant chatting with us, um, because any other time we do chat, it's just through chip um, that we all do chat. It's just through Twitter. Um, so to actually see the facial expressions, to hear the voice kind of, you know, the voice connotations and everything, and oh Lord, my nerdness is flying out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he blushes so nicely i was <laughs> he oh he's so humble mm-hmm. and kind and just yeah. excited and then oh my god he so i kept apologizing for being filthy and he said before we started to record he didn't think that we were that filthy southern cynic he's hurt worse and i was like okay so um I had posted, he had um, tweeted about the interview or something or retweeted. And I said, you'll always be our first. And he responded with foursome. (laughs) And I responded with a gif. And he said, flexibility is important. And I said, well, so is stamina. And I believe he tweeted, well, we know Grant will keep going until he dies. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
my God. I'm like, I'm like, challenge accepted. Come on over. The things that the things that get talked about while I'm sleeping, and then I wake up and I look look through look through the DMs, and I'm like, and then I see the tweet, and I'm like, okay, I'm awake now. <laughs> I thought I thought I had gone too far, but he assured me I had not. So that's just gonna up the ante in the coming weeks, sir. You be prepared, Grant. Yes, yes, and I, I want him to challenge, girl. Mm-hmm. I want him to um, be sure not to forget that he did invite me up to New York. So he did, and he said he's gonna. He um, has his suit ready. Yes, iron is out. Oh, uh-huh. yes, shoes shined. Uh, and I did say something inappropriate about a spit shine. So <sighs> yeah, we are wholesome and shameless. And yes, B D Wong, we are flirting with him. So. Yes, but um, <clears throat> I need to drink some water because I'm thirsty. But, um, Akira, you gave us some news in the DMs, I think just today about Coradonna. Can you share that with the listeners? Uh, yeah, so I'm so pretty sure most people have read, um, if they've read the recent um, interview that he does with THR, this, uh, the third season is Cora's last season. So he's going to be going... And handling certain, uh, handling some TV projects that he has. Um, so I'm sad to see him go, but wishing him the best in his um, future endeavors. Absolutely. But yeah, he will be missed. But yeah. hopefully we'll, like you said, we'll be able to see his work on some new projects, some different Definitely. things. So Definitely. Whatever he, t- he puts his hands to, I know it's going to be quality but we will miss him on Mr. Robot. But you know, he could always do some guest work and keep his finger in the pot per se. Keeping hope alive, keeping hope alive that way. Yeah, so yeah. Always, always keeping hope alive. Hello listeners, this is at C. Talene and I have the opportunity to interview Jorge Lestra from Cinediction about the Cine Awards. Take a listen. Hi, Jorge. Thank you. Hi. To the Unmasked Podcast. (laughs) You're welcome. So pleased to be here. Thank you. And you're so kind. I know that you are tired, you guys. Were you hosting the Comic-Con or were you just covering the Comic-Con this weekend? We were were just covering Comic-Con. We are reporters at Sin Addiction. So we were asked by the organization to go there and take pictures and interview celebrities and covering panels, everything. Yeah, so I know that um, you had several big stars at your Comic-Con. So who are some of the people you got a chance to meet and interview this weekend? Well, we started with Edward James Olmos from Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got Catherine McNamara from Shadowhunters, Simon Morales from Nightfall, and Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Dominic Purcell. Yes, I think I saw some of the pictures from your Twitter feed, and I saw Dominic, and so I loved him on um, Prison Break. Yeah. Um, so I love to watch that on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so young and one of Prison Break, and then to see him on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he's totally different right now, but he's a, a nice guy. He's very... Um, well, it leaves you comfortable by with talking to him, and he's lots of fun. 
Yeah, he seems very down to earth. But um, we're here to talk about, uh, I wanted to hear from you, first of all, how did Sin Addiction start? Well, Sin Addiction started in 2012, and it was, and it started as a joke, actually. Um, we were a group of friends, and we loved movies, and we loved television shows, and we, we thought, okay, let's do this. Let's create a project where we can actually write about the, about television and, and cinema. So then here we go. And we started as a, a really small project and um, then it got bigger and bigger and bigger beyond our control. Mm -hmm. And we started to do this professionally. I mean, it's my baby project. So I'm so happy that it got to you and it got to worldwide, worldwidely. Yes, so, because um, tell our listeners where you guys are based. Well, we're based in Portugal, in my hometown, Oliveira das Meis. I'm not at the office right now, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a small town, but um, we are close to Porto, mm -hmm. uh, a very big uh, Portuguese city in the north of Portugal, and we also can go to Lisbon, our capital, with ease. With ease. And uh, but yeah, we're not based on a big city in Portugal. We're close, but not really in a big city. And I think it's wonderful how um, the internet, Twitter, social media allows people who are living in relatively small towns to still yeah. have this worldwide, basically, influence on other people. And you can share your views and you can share your addictions and find yeah. <laughs> like-minded people. So that's, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, Thank you. Yes, yeah, so I was telling you that our podcast, we just started our podcast in June. Um, we okay. podcast about Mr. Robot. So we've been enjoying um, meeting more and more people. Um, we have a lot of followers from the UK, um, yeah. et cetera. So it's always interesting to me when we're getting followers outside of the US who are liking what we do. So yeah, hopefully great. we'll follow in your footsteps. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, tell me about the Sin Awards. So you started Sin Addiction. How long after that did the Sin Awards come into fruition? Well, uh, the Sin Awards were a lot after. I mean, the Sin Awards were also a joke for us at <laughs> first <laughs> because we were thinking, okay, let's put this on social media. Let's see what, what who are the favorite actors of the year for, from people around the world. Uh, but it wasn't. There wasn't a physical award per se mm -hmm. back then. Uh, well, we did. A, we have uh, on our Facebook page the first edition of the Senior Awards, and you can see that it actually was a joke uh, because we, we didn't have a marketing team. We didn't have a, um, a Photoshop team to do to help us do the images. We were amateurs, mm -hmm. and we were just kidding. I mean, we were just putting this online just to see what your choices were, just for curiosity. And then it got a lot, a lot, a lot bigger. And I decided for myself that, okay, I need to do something about this because it's going really beyond my control. Mm -hmm. And I needed to, okay, let's do this. Let's do a physical award to give the celebrities. And we did, actually. And it was... It was, I mean, it was outstanding. I, I wasn't expecting this. It's, it's been a, a ride that, uh, it's a, I don't know, I can't, I can't describe it. 
Yeah, it just shows your hard work and it shows that there's a fandom and there's a place for what you're doing. And yeah. I, I do have to say that we at the Unmasked podcast were happy when we saw Mr. Robot get um, mm -hmm. nominated for several um, yeah. different awards this year. So we've been <laughs> encouraging our um, listeners to vote, vote, vote every day as much <laughs> as you can. So how do you, how do you come up with who's nominated? I mean, I'm the one who decides who gets nominated. Mm -hmm. as, you know, when you work with the set, we are 50 members at Cinediction. Okay. And uh, if we think about personal tastes, <laughs> and think about, I mean, there's people who like Vampire Diaries, there's people who like Arrow, there's people who like, I don't know, so many TV shows, but it's me that gets to decide them because mm -hmm. I watch a lot and a lot and a lot TV shows. So my time gets really narrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I do select the, uh, the, 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 the nominees by, I have lots and lots of parameters to mm -hmm. decide. I mean, if it's an actor, I have spontaneity, I have, um, physical work, I have, uh, ex facial expressions. I mean, if the actor is well positioned around the camera, if, um, I mean, Mr. Robot, for example, I mean, Rami Malek is just, a an amazing actor. I mean, those eyes just capture everything about Mr. Robot. I mean, I, I'm always on edge by watching him. And that's something that only one type of actor can bring. And I think it's very important so we can narrow these choices between the actors because there's a lot of good actors on television, but there are the ones who, I don't know, they stood out. They, they are really, really good and we need to at least nominate them for that. Yeah, yeah, so we, yes, we are happy with your nominations. And um, I know it's hard for me. I'm so glad that you have a voting process where you can vote more than once because um, you have so <laughs> many things that I wanna vote for. <laughs> well. So I'm like, oh, am I gonna negate this vote for Robbie when I go back and vote for this other person? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is really, really hard. So, um, what made you decide to let people vote as much as they wanted to vote? I mean, uh, that is a really complicated thing, a complicated thing around the team because some members of the team don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. They think people should only vote once. But I guess, I mean, this is about freedom. These awards are not serious awards. I mean, they're online awards. Why take that from people? I mean, they are your favorites, so you should vote whenever and how many times you want. I mean, why, why forbid that? I mean, we are in a free world, so a free country, and you are in a free country, so me too. Yeah, for, so, for now, know. my country's free. Uh, I don't know really, if you've seen our news. <laughs> yeah, I did, and I'm so sad about that, but okay, let's get back to the Yes, let's get back to fun. Let's get back to fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to come live with you. <laughs> <laughs> So I know the voting um, started December 11th and voting ends in February 19th. Yeah, February 19th. And then how soon after February 19th do you guys tabulate the winners? I mean, the winner processing, I mean, we have statistics to deal with and it's a long process to make because, you know, some people use bots and we are trying to, you know, okay, let's see who's honest voting. 
<laughs> yeah, um, bots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bots, they are complicated to deal with. So we have, uh, we are announcing the winners at the February 22nd of uh, next year. And um, well, that's about it. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a long process, but I mean, I need to discuss with my team. We need to check for bots. We need to check for accuracy in the votes. And, um, but yeah, it's not a big, big deal for now. Okay. Let's see how it ends up. I'm yeah. curious. I, I am as well to see how this, this <laughs> takes off because some things that start as small ideas, they just continue to yeah. snowball and maybe one day you'll have a live show. Oh, well, oh. We, are, we have a YouTube channel right now and mm -hmm. we're trying to bet on it. And we are trying to find two faces for our projects to, mm -hmm. uh, that speak English in order to present the Cine Awards with, uh, with a face about us. I mean, we need to have, um, I don't know, how do you call it in the States? I don't know, a VJ? Probably. A DJ, a, a host? They a usually host. just have a yeah, host. A host. Yeah. That's, it. That's it, a host. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're see we're going to start shooting. Um, I don't know the specific date, but it probably will begin in January next mm -hmm. year. And um, just to make a final boost for the Cine Awards, so people can get to know the nominees, and um, and we'll see. <laughs> well, cool. well, we will be um, always. We're retweeting your tweet to encourage our yeah. um, followers to vote. And we've been talking about it on our podcast, um, of course, so of course, encouraging that. them to vote for Mr. <laughs> Robot, but they can of vote course. for whoever they want. But before yeah. I let you go, um, can yeah. you tell me what are some of your favorite fandoms? My favorite fandoms? Well, I mean, I was so surprised at first at the first Teen Awards where we needed to make a physical word. It was the Outlander fandom. I mean, I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was so mind blown by the fans of Outlander. I mean, they're such dedicated fans and they're really cool and they're really nice. And they, well, they chased me in on social media saying, oh my God, what is this? I mean, uh, is are your awards a physical award? I mean, are, is it going to be a, an awards television ceremony? And I was like, okay, so I need to explain all of these people that know. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a physical award for you, for the actors. And actually, Sam and K Katrina from Outlander are really cool. Every year, they answer us through Twitter. Um, uh, the director Anna Forster also gave me her personal contact to to get to get in contact with her. And uh, and Mr. Robot fans are also amazing. I mean, we have. I think you interviewed the person responsible for Hello Friend. Yes, um, Akira is a part of our um, podcast. Yeah. Yes. Ah, okay. And I really like her because <laughs> she's such a dedicated fan of the Senior Awards. And uh, I mean, Mr. Robot is one of my personal favorite shows. Um, and I did a, um, a university essay about Mr. Robot, and I got a really good grade. Oh, that's and, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk, I talked about activism and um, the the problems around Elliot's depression. And the thing is, Mr. Robot has such a powerful fan base and it really, I get emotional by watching the people, people's tweets. I mean, Mr. Robot is such a creative show and brings so, so many people to this world where nothing is safe, you know? Mm -hmm. We are, we live in a world like that. Nobody's safe right now and it's yeah. sad. Yeah. And that's Mr. Robot. And I do love, um, 
let me think. I mean, I wasn't expecting also to have, you know, th those shows that got canceled, canceled too soon. I mean, have you watched Emerald City, for instance? I did watch Emerald City. And my goodness, it was such a visually beautiful show yeah. to watch. Like, I was, was surprised it was on um, NBC because the production of it was so yeah. great. Um, but I think something happened... Um, I know with me, like there was some way I missed a couple of episodes of it, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was just gone. It's yeah, just like, it was. Like, what happened to Emerald City? Yeah, and the thing is that the fans were really cool, and actresses too. I mean, Emerald City is just, uh, yeah, as you said, a, visual a visually powerful show, and I was so surprised that... I mean, oh my God, why not nominate this show? I mean, it's great, and the actresses were really cool. I mean, it's a a women-led series and I was like okay this is awesome mm -hmm. so um and I was surprised by the fan base too I mean they are really supportive and they are trying so hard to bring the show back they want they really want the show back and I was so surprised this year I mean these are the main three fan bases of this year I mean I think I'm so surprised by it and uh I don't know I have so many favorite fan bases, but yeah, probably Outlander and Mr. Robot, I think. Yeah. And those are two I watch as well. I always watch um, Outlander, watch Mr. Robot and um, yeah. Emerald City. So I think we can just say we're friends now, Jorge. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever you want to do another podcast, I, I think I can fit you in my currently busy agenda because I'm at pajamas right now because I just wake, woke up. <laughs> And I'm sorry about saying this, but I'm really so tired from Portuguese Comic Con. It got really intense, and we are always going one side and going to another, and it's got really, really, really tiresome. So, yeah, well, I, I do appreciate you fitting us in. Oh. And um, can you let our um, listeners know where they can follow you on Twitter? Sure. Uh, I mean, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's called Addiction. I'm not going to give you links because you can search it for yourselves. And uh, we do have a website so you can vote on your favorite Cine Award nominees. And, uh, well, um, we also are at Tumblr, which is a social media that I don't understand anything about that. <laughs> But I have a person who does, so thanks so much for her existence. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so it's easy to to just search for for yourselves. Where's an addiction? Yes, has. they're everywhere. So Jorge, once again, <laughs> thank you for joining oh, us. Um, this has been wonderful, and we will have our fans out there voting every day. Well, thank you so much for too, Shana. It was right. really nice to meet you. Nice to meet well, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Listeners, we are still asking you if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can click on our Patreon link, which is in our Twitter profile, if you'd like to become a patron for as little as uh, one buck a month. And we are going to be doing some things, even though Mr. Robot is on hiatus, we will not be on hiatus. So um, keep an eye out for us. Um, definitely on Twitter, we have some things in the works. Southern Cynic and I will be recording about The Last Jedi maybe next week. And you have spent another hour with the Unmasked Podcast. This is at C. Talene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Tell them where they can find you, Akira. They can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend, H-3-L-L-0-F-R-I-3-N-D-1. 
All right, and tell them where they can find you, Southern Cynic. You can find me on Twitter at Southern Cynic. And just remember that this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts, and you can find us find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever quality podcasts are found. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and good night. <laughs>